Well, it's good to sing some hymns together. Emily and I were talking, and, you know, I, I was like, have y'all heard of um, hymns and hops? Have y'all heard of that? This, this, I, I'm not real sure how I feel about it. Um, but, you know, it seems to be growing, and people go in there and love to sing, and they sing loudly, uh, from what I hear. And, um, and so we've got the hymns here this morning. Um, we just don't have the hops. And I, I just want to encourage you to sing loud. Um, and really proclaim the words. You know, you don't have to have a lot to worship God. You really don't. Um, it's not overly complex. So I would just encourage you to sing and to sing from your heart and to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. Okay, so um, hopefully you hadn't got settled too good because I want you to stand for the reading of the scripture from Mark 10. And uh, and, and then I'll kind of get into what we're talking about, but just listen to these words, Mark 10, 35 through 45. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right or to my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them? Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many." That's the word of God for the people of God. Father, bless the teaching and preaching of the word today. I pray that I can get out of the way so that you may be seen, heard, and experienced. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You can be seated. So we're going to come back to that scripture in a minute. Uh, I, I've said this at the beginning of every week, but we're doing a, a series, a five-week series on the membership vows. And so if you're not familiar, when somebody joins, we ask them, um, as members of this congregation... We faithfully participate in this ministries by your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And of course, today we're on service. Um, and our goal is to remind you that if you join the church, then you make a vow to serve. It's not difficult. But I'm going to come back to that at the end of the sermon because I definitely want you to serve. But I feel like when I was thinking about this, I, I feel like when I was praying through it, the Lord really put um, the phrase servant leadership on my heart. I, I really want to talk to you today about what it means to be a servant leader and, um, and take a little bit of a different, different angle. And I hope it'll make sense by the end of the sermon. I used to watch my mom make cakes, and like she would just put all these ingredients in, and it was like, how in the world is that ever going to be a cake? And then it would be a cake by the end. So I'm going to hope this will be a cake by the end. Um, so just kind of hang with me. I'm going to kind of go a, a little round in circles, but, but I, hope, I hope the Lord will speak to you through this. I, I think um, servanthood should not be confined to the church. Uh, we really should be servants everywhere we are, right? Um, 
And once we learn to serve like Jesus, it really can affect our life in so many ways other than just like making the church grow. The definition of servant leadership is this. It's a leadership philosophy in which the goal of the leader is to serve. So how many of you in here would consider yourselves to be a leader? You don't have to raise your hand. But I want to make the argument this morning that just about every single person in here is, is a leader. Now, not everybody's in such an obvious leadership role. I know some of you have multiple people you lead. you got 10, 20. Some of you have a lot more people than that, that you're actually um, their boss, their supervisor. Some of you are parents, and whether you like it or not, you are a leader. Um, some of you are leading children in your household, whether you like it or not. Some of you are leading Bible studies. All of us are supposed to be leading people to Jesus. Amen? Like we're all supposed to be leaders of leading people to Jesus. I think leadership is fascinating. Really, everything in this world happens on leadership. Like everything, everything requires somebody to be a leader. Like we were at the beach this summer, and I was watching you know, some kids build a sandcastle. And they were building a turtle. And I realized that somebody had to be the leader. Because somebody had to say where the head and where the tail was going to go. Otherwise, it'd have two tails or two heads. Somebody has to lead in a marriage. If the marriage is in a rocky place, somebody has to go, gosh, we've got to get ourselves out of this situation. Somebody has to lead when you get in the van with the family, you're trying to decide where you're going to eat lunch. If somebody doesn't lead, you'll go around all day going, I don't know where you want to go. I don't know where you want to go. Where you want to go? At a four-way stop, somebody's got to lead. You ever get there at the same time as everybody else? Supposed to be the person on the right, but somebody else leads you forward. That's leadership. It's a small example. Not all leadership is good. Uh, in fact, some leadership can be very bad. Some people are leaders, but we wouldn't consider them good people, like Hitler or Kim Jong-un, or I'm not going to touch American politics. So I'll offend somebody no matter what I say, but <laughs> it took leadership to bring down the Twin Towers. It took leadership to attack Pearl Harbor. There's different types of leadership. You have top-down leaders, bottom-up leaders, hands-off leaders, hands-on leaders, type-A leaders, type-B leaders, commanders, empowers, introverts, extroverts. What I'm trying to say is that everybody here is a leader in some form or fashion. And I want to make the argument that servant leadership should be part of your model regardless of whatever role you're playing in leadership. And the reason I say this is because Jesus was the best leader that ever walked the earth. I mean, he really was the best leader. His organizational leadership skills were pretty impressive. He started with 12, and there's a few of us today, right? His marketing strategy was quite impressive. He's like, just tell other people about me, and everybody did. He's thinking about his profit margins. He gave his life so that we all could have life, all humanity. He commanded authority, but he had extreme humility. He had tremendous influence. People actually wanted to follow him. They didn't have to follow him. And he did it all in three years. And how did he accomplish this? Well, he was God, but he was a servant leader. He, he was a servant leader. And when I picture like what I, I would hope to be or what you may hope to be if you're a leader is this picture of Jesus washing feet. To me, that was the ultimate sign of leadership is that, that that's how he led. Like he, he actually took a towel off and he got down and he washed the feet of the very people who he knew would betray him. He washed the feet of Judas. He washed the feet of Peter. That's the type of leader he had when he had the ability to condemn them to hell. 
to, 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 to call down lightning and strike them, but he, he washed their feet. And I wonder sometimes how, how many of us would wash the feet of the employee that drives us nuts or wash the feet of our, well, not our children. We wash their feet every night, but wa- wash the feet of your spouse who's driving you nuts. Or how many of us would actually take that humble leadership role and actually serve the very person that seems like they get underneath our skin? It's an interesting text today. Um, you got two disciples, and it's a lesson in leadership. You got James and John, the sons of Zebedee. That always sounds like a great wrestling name to me. They could have been pro wrestlers. The sons of Zebedee, James and John. But And it says in verse 35, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, and teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, they've worked their way up the leadership chain. you got to know this got to get to their head. They're right up there with the CEO. They're like at the left and the right of the CEO. They've, worked, they've been handpicked by the Messiah, and they want to take advantage of it. And so they got a question for him. We want you to do whatever we ask. Now, Jesus just says, which is Jesus? He goes, well, what do you want me to do for you? Now, imagine if the Lord had asked you that. What would you want the Lord to do? Oh, I'd like you to heal me. I'd like you to fix this. I'd like you to heal this person. I'd like you to do this. That's not what they ask. They don't ask anything of anybody else. They actually ask for themselves. They, um, they replied, verse 37, let one of us sit at your right and the other one at your left in glory. Now, that's a pretty audacious ask, like, can we just sit beside you in glory? Now, they're not talking about in heaven. They actually think, these guys, these knuckleheads, which that probably would have been us, but they actually think that Jesus is going to establish his kingdom on earth. They actually think that what's happened is that Jesus is working his way in Jerusalem into political power, and he's going to take over, and he's going to push out all the political authorities, and he's going to be in power, and they want to sit on his right and on his left in his political kingdom. And, and, and what they don't know is that Jesus has a very different style of leadership, that he's actually going to die on a cross, and he's going to be resurrected to establish his throne and his power. By the way, if you've heard, if you remember this story, it's told in different gospels. Matthew's one of my one of my favorites. Matthew 20, 20 through 21. This is how the story is told. It's told a little bit different, but it actually says, the mother of Zebedee's children, so James and John. So in other words, James and John's mom came to Jesus with her sons, and she got down on her knees before Jesus to ask something of him. And he said to her, What do you want? And she said, Say that my two sons may sit, one at your right and one at your left, when you were king. So in other words, they're mama's boys. Mama came in Matthew and said, Please let my boys sit at your right and at your left. Isn't that funny? Like, they, they wanted, she's like, I just want to make sure my boys are good and that they're taken care of. I can see every mom in here going, that's me. And they, she wants her boys to be, to be there in, with him in political power. And, uh, of course, that's not the way Jesus works. Um, you don't, he doesn't move people up the spiritual ladder. It's not the goal. Is that Jesus actually has a very different style of leadership, which he's about to explain and verse 38 says, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? In other words, you want all the glory? Are you willing to go to the depths that I am to save humanity and to die on a cross and to suffer? Are you willing to do all that? In other words, if you want to be the leader and you want to criticize the leader, do you understand what the leader really has to go through? Because there's a lot of critics in the stand until you're actually the coach on the field. It's like it's not as easy as it looks. He's like, you don't understand what you're asking of me. Sorry. 
You know, leadership is tough until you actually sit in the seat to truly understand the role and the pressure and the weight of the leadership role. And if you're in here and you're a leader, you understand that. You understand the weight of it. And you got critics and people go, well, I could do your job if I was you. And the truth is, maybe they couldn't do the job. And Jesus is saying, he's like, you don't understand what you're asking. He's like, can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink, the cup of blood, the cup of the new covenant? Can you drink that? Can you be baptized with the same baptism that I'm baptized with in which all the people throughout humanity be united to me through my crucifixion on the cross and the power of the resurrection and their baptism into that? Can you do any of that? Of course they can't. And here's what they say in verse 39. They say, we can. Man, they have no idea. Jesus said to them, said, you will drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. In fact, what happens is both these guys are actually, one of them we know from Acts 12 is actually going to be martyred. James is going to be martyred. He's actually going to die a violent death. And then according to tradition, John, we don't know how he was killed. We do know that they tried to boil him to death, uh, according to history. So both of them are going to face persecution. And verse 40 says, But to sit at my right or to my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they've been prepared. And when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. In other words, Jesus goes, Man, I'm not, I can't grant that. That's not what I do. That's according to my Father. My Father's the one who has the authority to put you at my right and at my left. That's not what I do. I'm here to serve. And they're like, Man, we want to be right there with you. And he's like, No, no, no. That's not for me. They're trying to get the jump. And all the other disciples are going, Hey, man, what's up with these two? These two guys, Jesus has taught us how to serve and he's taught us to love other people and he's taught us to, to, to lay down our lives for other people. And now they're trying to get ahead of us and they want to sit at his right and on his left and their own mind. Mama has gone to ask him. This is embarrassing. Jesus says in verse 42, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. So in other words, that, that, that's, that's what the rulers of the Gentiles do and the high officials, but that's not us. So it says in verse 43, Not so with you. Instead, listen to this. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. I'll say that again. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. He's like, hey, you want to be great, you got to serve people. Like, you got to lay down your life for people. And I'm just going to challenge you if you're a leader in here, and our church is pretty unique in that we have a ton of leaders in this room. Like, it'd be interesting to know how many people fall up underneath the authority of the people in this room. Just think about how many employees or how much influence you have and how much kind of social uh, influence or, or, or power. Some of you have political power. Some of you are in the legal system. Some of you are doctors. Some of you are teachers. A lot of you are parents. You've got a lot of authority. And I want you to think about what is your leadership style? Do you serve the people that God has entrusted underneath you? Because that's a very, very important question because Jesus calls us to serve. That's actually godly leadership is that we serve people and have the image of actually washing their feet. Are we putting people before ourselves? Are we doing that in our marriage? Do you put your spouse before yourself? Like, would you wash their feet? You know, Ephesians 5 actually says to husbands, husbands, it calls us, it says that we're supposed to love our wives their own body, and we're actually supposed to put them before ourselves. It's like that's that leadership style where we're supposed to serve them and care for them. And is this how we lead our children is that we serve them and we care for them and, and that we love them and our students and, and the people under our authority. Man, it's, it's a really challenging question. Do I demonstrate this? I think in my own life, do I lead my family like that? My children, my marriage, the church, do I put them first or am I selfish and self-centered and want what's best for me and my ego? 
you got to keep a check on it. Verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man, I love this, did not come to be served. Now remember, this is Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as ransom for many. Y'all, you got to get that. Like the King of kings and the Lord of lords came to earth. He was God on earth and he didn't come to actually be served. Like I mean, you would think, man, I got to do something. About it. Can I use this one, y'all? Can I use this? Because I'm about to get wound up and I can't have a mic doing this. Let me try this one. Because I can't, I, I, it's just the microphone's keeping me, it's keeping me from getting excited. Let's check this one. All right, here we go. Thank y'all. Um, but you got to think about that. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came to earth and he didn't want to be served. Like he could have said, everybody, he's like, everybody just do what I say and, and, and do, do as I tell you to do. Like just make way for, I mean, just, you know, get down and, and just worship me. He didn't do any of that. He said, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to heal people. I'm going to give my life as ransom. I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die. That's what he said. He said, he's going to give his life for us. You got to think about that. And then he tells us to exemplify that and all that we do. And we're supposed to lay down our lives for others. And it's really a wake up call. When you think about the way we live, sometimes we don't necessarily live as servants. Servants. Sometimes we want to be served. It's almost like we look at this world and be like, I made it to the top of everybody serving me. I know us. We go, man, we don't want to be rich. We just want to have somebody clean our house. That's success. You know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, that's not the goal. The goal is to serve other people. That, that's, 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 that's what Jesus says the goal is. Listen to John 13. It says John 13, verses 12 through 16. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, this is God, right? It's God. It says, when he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. The Lord Jesus just washed the dirty feet of the very people who would betray him. Peter and, and, and Judas, uh, the people that would try to turn him in to have him killed, Judas. He says, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked him. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set an example. I, I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you that no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Man, so I guess all I'm saying to you today, one, listen, yes, serve your church. That's awesome. And by the way, serve your church. You don't have to be a board chair. Like, there's just lots of ways to serve our church. And, 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 and I mean, like I said last week, we need children's ministers. We need people who... Uh, work with our youth. We, we, we need people to go on mission trips. We need people to serve in our youth. We need people to greet. We need people to serve community. I mean, there's all sorts of ways to serve. And yes, do that. But here's the big challenge to you today. Do you serve the people you work with? Do you serve the people you have influence with? Do you serve your family? Do you serve your spouse? Are you a servant? Are you a servant leader? I had a friend and he worked in a church. Actually, he didn't work in a church. He volunteered in a church. He had another very successful job uh, or, or semi-successful, I guess I'd say. Um, and uh, and, and I asked him, I said, what are you doing um, to volunteer in your church? And he said, well, he said, I'm actually uh, on, on the toilet cleaning team. And, and I said, the what? He said, I'm on the toilet cleaning team. And I said, what is that? He said, well, we just have a team of people that clean toilets. And he said, I'm the head toilet cleaner. Like, I kind of head it all up. And I was like, are you for real? He said, yeah. He said, that's what I do. And he said, it keeps me humble and it reminds me um, that, that I'm here to serve. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, God just calls us to serve. And the last few things I'll say is that, you know, sometimes I think we're afraid to have this leadership style, but being a servant doesn't mean being a coward. Jesus was definitely not a coward. 
being a servant just means that you have influence and that you care for the people underneath your charge. And I know some of you may go, gosh, you don't understand who works for me. Um, and I would just say, love on Judas. I guarantee they're not worse than Judas. And love on Peter. Um, and if you remember, Judas ate too. He was at the table. And he got his feet washed. Um, and Peter did. And I'm picking on those two because they're the most obvious. But think about why you've been put in the position you've been placed and how are you using it to honor God. And one thing I've learned about being in ministry is that, man, everybody's carrying stuff. Like, don't forget that, man. Sometimes you look at people, and they look like they got it going on. They don't. Like, your employees or the people you're around or your students, if they're acting up, acting crazy, man, just remember, they got stuff just like you do. So let's all remember that. And let's remember to serve each other and to care for each other and to lay down our lives for each other because that's what God called us to do. Amen? All right. Glad y'all are with me today. I love y'all. Let's pray. Um, Jesus, you set the example for us as God come to earth. And Lord, um, you, you came in the, the form, first of all, as, as a baby um, to two folks who were not well-to-do. Uh, and you were raised in a small town. And Lord, you, 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 you were raised by a carpenter and, and a very, very young woman. And, and Lord, you, you only had a public ministry of three years, and you made such a difference. And we thank you, Lord, for the example you set for us by loving people, by loving the woman at the well, um, by loving the tax collector, by loving the outcasts, the lepers, uh, really by loving the unlovable, Lord. And you took those 12 guys who were all broken, all had issues and problems, and you poured into them, and you spoke life into them, and you took a towel off in your last days, and you washed their feet, knowing that you were going to die on the cross. And I just pray, Lord, that we can just do the best we can to live like that and to serve other people and to love and care about other people. I pray for all the leaders in this room, Lord. I know there's a lot of influence in this church. And I just pray, Lord, that if somebody has somebody else on their heart today, Lord, that they need to care for that's been put under their charge, is that you will speak to them through the power of the Holy Spirit. May we be confident enough in you and how you've made us to serve other people and to humble ourselves and to listen, to ask questions, to care, and to pour into. We thank you for this church. Thank you that we can come and worship daily, freely, and that you've given us one another. We do pray for our church. We trust you. We trust that you are good and that you are God and that you got this. So bless us during this last couple of songs we're going to have, Lord, and we'll invite our prayer teams up and just have another time of prayer. And we just thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. Amen.